On this episode, we're talking the number one wish of every single Michigan sports team in 2021. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Michigan State of Sports, where it's generally not going very well, especially if you're a Michigan State basketball fan right about now. But I like to talk about it anyway. First of all, I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I've spent the past few days and weeks with my family, my girlfriend, her family, just spending some time together like we have not been able to do really all year. And so that's been awesome for me. And I hope you got to do something like that too. Uh, Secondly, this is going to be the last podcast of the year because it's the holiday season and I'm preparing for a new job. And as I said, spending time with family. So once again, only one show this week, but starting next week, there will once again, very consistently be two shows. And I have some very exciting news about what happens when we turn the calendar. So little drum roll, please. And that is that this show is getting a new voice. I will be having a co-host, my friend and colleague. You know him from 97.1 The Ticket, where he's a producer. He's hosted multiple shows on the most important sports airwaves in the entire state of Michigan. And like I said, he is now going to be my co-host. It's just a huge, huge win for the Michigan State of Sports. Jake Reitma is officially joining us starting in the first week of 2021. He and I have had this in the works for, I'd say, nearly a month now. But since the time is close enough, we finally felt comfortable making this announcement. And don't you worry, I know you're probably thinking that's awesome, but we want to hear from him. I promise you, we will give our new man the introduction he is due next week when he hops on. But I just want to talk about it briefly because I'm just so jacked up about what this means for the show. Uh, People have given me some feedback, which I'm so appreciative of. They've loved the guests we've had on. And with the addition of Jake, not only are we going to to get someone who has experience in a top 10 radio market in the country, but someone who's just a great guy, insanely knowledgeable about all of our local teams, and just for me personally, someone who's a joy to work with and talk sports with. And he's someone I know you'll love hearing from. So I don't want to belabor this point too, too much. I want him to get to tell you what he's about himself. But in case you can't tell, I'm super pumped up about it and all the talent uh, that he brings and the access with new voices and the people that he's going to bring to this show. So I just wanted to make that announcement. Couldn't be more thrilled to have him on. I will let him know, but he has already heard that from me many times. But on this last solo episode that I will be doing in 2020, I'm still in the holiday spirit. So what I am going to do is go over what I would consider my wish list for 2021. I am writing to Santa Claus as we speak. I plan on being a good boy once again in 2021. I got no call this year, so I think I was pretty good in the last 12 months. But I'm going to be sending my biggest wish for each of our eight teams for what I want to see for them between now and next Christmas. That's what we're doing today. But first, I want to remind you about our wonderful sponsor that is, of course, Cutting Edge Landscaping. I had to drive home to my mom's house for the holidays on Christmas morning, mind you. And when I got there, it wasn't shoveled yet because of the snow had had just come down. And I was like, Mom, I've told you about Joe and his team at Cutting Edge Landscaping. There is no reason not to have them take care of this. She reminded me that she's leaving next week for California for the entire winter. 
And honestly, that seemed like a reasonable exception. But unless you two will be in 70 degrees all year in the winter avoiding the snow, there's absolutely no reason to not have Cutting Edge Landscaping taking care of your property with their 24-hour snow and ice removal. And the best part about that is once you see how great of a job they do this winter, you'll be all set up with them when you need your yard re-landscaped in the spring or the grass mowed and the garden mulched in the summer or all the leaves picked up next fall. I mean, hell, I've seen these guys put in a waterfall and it looks awesome. There is nothing outside of your house they cannot do. So don't wait any longer. Go to a2cuttingedge.com for a consultation. Tell them you were sent by Tony from the Michigan State of Sports and you will get the very best rate. Okay, so here's how we're going to do this. We're starting with football, then we're doing basketball, then we're doing Tigers, and we will wrap up with the Red Wings. We haven't really gotten into the Wings yet on this podcast, and truth be told, it's probably going to be brief today, but there will be more puck talk as their season gets going next month, and we get some real experts on the Red Wings coming on. So first up on the 2021 wish list is the Detroit Lions, and I probably should have prefaced with the fact that this has to be reasonable. I'm not doing something that just can't happen at all. Like say, I hope that Trevor Lawrence drops to the Lions or that the Lions trade up for Lawrence because there's no scenario on earth in which that happens. So these are my reasonable wish that wishes that might be a stretch, but aren't outside the realm of possibility. So for the Lions, it's a little bit of a three-part wish because you know what? I'm going to start off greedy. Uh, And they're the team with the most uncertainty right now, like no coach, no GM, They have a million holes to fill. Other teams, it's more like we need X or we need Y. The Lions need everything A through Z. So I'm starting off my wish list with a few parts. And number one is the general manager. They've interviewed guys like Scott Pioli, who was one of my leading candidates as far as the guys they've talked to, even with everything that happened in Kansas City with his time there. I mean, he's still a former NFL executive of the the decade from 2000 to 2010. Yes, I know he got to work with Bill Belichick for all that time. I still think he's maybe not quite what he was in New England, but he's better than he was in Kansas City. That's what I think. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov, who was the Falcons GM the last 12 years before being fired a few months back. Honestly, I think he's pretty capable. Jerry Reese, the former Giants GM. No, thank you. Uh, Terry Fontenot, a Saints VP. Brad Holmes, who was the director of scouting for for the Rams. I mean, they've looked at guys with experience, like lots of experience, little experience, guys who've been in the league as recently as this year, others who haven't been in football for a handful of years. But I'm sticking with my initial wish as GM, and that's Ed Dodds, the Colts assistant general manager. Uh, The Lions won't be able to talk to him until the Colts season is over. Uh, I'd be surprised if that uh, is beyond the divisional round, and they might even miss the playoffs altogether after uh, choking against the Steelers last week. They are currently on the outside looking in, although a few teams, uh, there's five teams, I believe, who are 10-5 and five in the AFC next week, and uh, some of them have much tougher games than, than the Colts. But anyways, um, I, I've said it before. He was in charge of creating the Legion of Boom in Seattle. He identified Russell Wilson. He pounded the table for a guy in Quentin Nelson, Uh, So, I mean, he can draft talent, and then he can identify guys in free agency, like he's done with uh, Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner and Xavier Rhodes that that takes a unit over the top. And on top of that, I think he would be open to having a defensive-minded head coach, which is why he is my target. 
because the coach I want, I have decided, is Robert Sala. I mean, I mean, we say teams have been decimated by injuries too frequently. We, we throw that word around too much. But that could not be more true with Sala's unit. I mean, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford, Richard Sherman, D- Jaquiski Tart, Ronald Blair, Julian Taylor, Ziggy Ansah, your, your favorite former Lion, Ziggy Ansah. Uh, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And even if he wasn't a Detroit guy, I'd still be pounding the table for him. I mean, he just held the Cardinals to 12 points last week, even without all those players I just mentioned. Um, I mean, I think Dodds can identify the guys needed, and Sala can make lemonade out of lemons all day long. Uh, so give me this combination, because even with the Ford family still running the team, I think the Lions are in business if, if they have them both. Sala has a top six unit in both rush defense and pass defense, despite missing multiple Pro Bowl, ca- Pro Bowl caliber players. And that leads me to my last wish. And it might be the biggest one. Please somehow give me Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. Lawrence is obviously going number one. And that leaves Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask as the other five first-round quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. And Wilson, to me, seems like the guy. Literally just two weeks ago, I tried to hot-take my friends and say I wanted Fields over everybody. And that lasted like 15 seconds. I mean... Wilson is the guy. He's quick with his reads. He's quick with his feet. He can actually go through a progression. I I just love his game. I mean, it kind of feels, I heard someone use this word with Justin Fields because, I mean, he's been electric and he's a lot of fun to watch, but I think the word is very accurate. He just feels kind of heavy, right? Like his feet feel heavy. The way he, he maneuvers his body in the pocket and the way he looks at things, it's heavy. It's not quick. Like Zach Wilson is boom, boom, boom. And, and Justin Fields just feels a, a bit slower. Um, and so I, I just love his game. And in order for the Lions to rebuild, to actually be a rebuild and not just another failed project, you need three things. You need a general manager who can make the right draft picks, a coach who can galvanize a team and not drive them apart, and a quarterback leader of the team that the guys can believe in. And honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if the Lions signed Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year uh, so Wilson could learn behind him. I mean, I know they have Chase ja- Chase Daniels, who j- was just paid a decent amount to be a backup, but that's not someone who shepherds in the new franchise quarterback. That's not someone who you learn behind and gain all their pearls of wisdom. I mean, Fitzpatrick, yeah, he hasn't still been to a playoff game yet, but he has been with so many teams. Guys love him. He's a consummate leader. A Harvard guy, obviously very smart. I mean, he's not very athletic, and he's made a hell of a career for himself. Just someone like that, if you if you don't feel comfortable starting Wilson right away. But if for some reason I could only have one of these three, I want Salah. The Lions could not draft a quarterback if they wanted, have another terrible year, pick in the top five, and then grab a Sam Howell or a Spencer Rattler or something in 2022. But that's looking too far into the future. So for now, those are the guys. Dodds. Sala Wilson. Moving on to the University of Michigan football team, I debated trying to say that I want Harbaugh to leave and get Matt Campbell in here. Or maybe even see if you could lure Joe Brady back to the college ranks as a headman instead of the OC in the NFL. But again, I'm trying to be as realistic as I can. 
Harbaugh is going to stay. I bet they announce a new deal with him sometime in the next few weeks. They wouldn't have gotten rid of Don Brown if they were keeping Harbaugh. So since I believe he's staying, here's what my number one wish is as a, if I'm a Michigan fan. I've gone through a lot of these in my head. It, it was maybe going to be just hoping that the defensive backs really develop or getting some help in the defensive line in the transfer portal. I mean, news just broke a few hours ago that Aiden Hutchinson is going to return. So that's certainly a de- positive development for the line, specifically the pass rush. But the defense isn't really the real reason Michigan hasn't won big. It's the most important position in all of sports, holding Michigan back for the most part. And so my 2021 Christmas wish or New Year's wish or whatever you want to call it for the maize and blue is to identify a quarterback. I don't know if that's Cade McNamara, and I don't know if that's J.J. McCarthy. I know it's not Joe Milton, but honestly, if I'm a Michigan fan, I couldn't care less which one it is. It just needs to be somebody. And I know this happens with a lot of fan bases, but it feels like the fans and maybe the coaches are always so married to one guy that they ride him too long. Of course, you'll, what you might be thinking is, oh, what do you mean? I mean, Michigan fans were ready to pull Milton right away, but I'm talking about the preseason hype. Like, guys are, people are so set on who it's got to be. And, and they never just let the situation play itself out. Like, why did Dylan McCaffrey transfer? Because Joe Milton was supposed to be some, some savant who he couldn't pass up on the depth chart. Like, are you kidding me? It, it just didn't make sense. And I don't know if that's fans. I don't know if that's coaches. I don't know if it's a combination of both. But like Joe Milton for this season, I mean, he was horrible every game except Minnesota. And it took some injuries in a month or so before he even lost his job, even though this season was a wash. And then last year was Shea Patterson. I'm not sure Dylan McCaffrey wasn't the better option. But he wasn't the returning starter, and he didn't quite have the same hype, so he didn't really get a chance. And of course, this happens all over the country. I mean, even look up the road in East Lansing. How Rocky Lombardi continued to get chances over Peyton Thorne is truly mind-boggling. I know Justin Thind, the recruiting insider for Rivals who I had on last week, talked about it with me, how Thorne was supposedly bad in practice while Lombardi is more consistent, but eventually you had to see how they both performed on Saturdays. And in years past, like 2013, when the fans at Michigan State were obsessed with Damian Terry, Mark D'Antonio tried some guy named Connor Cook and stuck with him even after a debacle against Notre Dame that season, and Michigan State went on to win every Big Ten game by 10 points, win the Rose Bowls, and you know the rest. Terry was the more athletic guy, the higher recruit, and so had the coaching staff just stuck with the idea of him as a true freshman, and he was someone who would have gone over well with the fan base, that 2013-15 to run never happens. And like I said, it happens all over the country. Uh, Tim Tebow taking over for Chris Leak back in the day or Graham Mertz this season at Wisconsin, albeit helped by injury, and so on. It frequently happens. And of course, dozens of schools mismanage it too, but at a place like Michigan, the number one factor that has been, in my opinion, holding the Wolverines back is the lack of a quarterback. They never are able to get it right. It's either sticking with a guy too long or not identifying the right person in the first place. And It's not like they've ever had that clear-cut option, which is another problem. I mean, just think about who everybody is chasing in Ohio State since 2010. Braxton Miller, Terrell Pryor, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins. Soon they're going to have Quinn Ewers, who is a higher-rated prospect than all of them who have gone on to play in the NFL. 
I mean, Joe Burrow had to transfer out because he didn't think he'd play, and he won the Heisman, a national championship, and was the first overall pick. That's who Ohio State's backup is. The guys who transfer out of Michigan are like Brandon Peters, who become an average quarterback in Illinois. And I mean, if your backup kid started another Big Ten school, that's a decent sign. But Michigan hasn't had a guy at quarterback since Chad Henney. He is by far the best Michigan quarterback of all time. And that was 16 years ago. And I don't want to always compare everything from Michigan to Michigan State, but this is a local Michigan podcast. And so you have to look at what one school does well and what another doesn't. I mean, Michigan State had a quarterback competition with Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles in 2010 and 11. And, Kirk, and Cousins won out. Or 08 and 09, sorry. I was talking, that was that was much later in their career. But it's not just, this is the guy, we're going to stick with him. He Let McNamara and McCarthy see who wins the job. Don't get married to one of them. But figure out somehow, some way to make a quarterback a guy. So my wish for Michigan is, is to find that quarterback who can run, who can best run Josh Gaddis's speed and space system. We can't make a wish for the defense because we don't even know who's going to be in charge of it. And yes, the offensive line is going to need work. They had a rough season after replacing four starters in 2019, but they got a lot of good reps. I mean, Jalen Mayfield declared for the draft. Zach Carpenter entered the transfer portal. But I'm expecting the rest of the line, like Hayes and Carson Barnhart and uh, Zinter to return and bolster this offense so they can actually run the ball and open things up for whoever this quarterback is. So find a quarterback. Don't just anoint one, but find the right one. That's my wish for Michigan. For Michigan State football, I mean, at first, I didn't know where to begin. I mean, part of me wants to talk about the quarterback position, but I don't think that's as important this year in a vacuum as what I'm going to say overall. I was going to look at the defense that has to replace its best player at each level, Shaq Brown in the back, Antoine Simmons, the heart and soul of the program in the middle, and Naquan Jones on the line. But none of those are or would be my real biggest wish either. I want the offensive line to find some stability for the first time in a while, but I actually have a little faith it's going to do that. If Arcuri returns to left tackle, Horst wins the job at right tackle, Jarvis can slide back into guard where he belongs, say Matt can stay at center, and, and then Duplain and Buter can battle it out for the other guard spot. Maybe I'm nuts, but for some reason on paper, I kind of like that unit going into 2021. Those were all my thoughts initially. So when I stepped back and thought, what do I really wish for? Obviously, everybody's going to want a Big Ten title or a natty, but once again, I reiterate, this has to be realistic. And what I decided is, Michigan State just needs momentum. They've won more than seven games just one time in the last five years. And that's kind of hard to believe it's been that long when it felt like year after year certainly when I was in school there and even starting a little prior to that it was I mean starting in 2010 it was 11 wins 10 wins 7 wins 13 wins 11 wins 12 wins but it's been not that lately so what Michigan State needs is momentum which is why my wish is I want a winning record Tucker and Kapovic and Burton and Barnett and Jay Johnson and Scotty Hazelson, all these guys can recruit. But it is damn hard to recruit when you're talking about uh, fo- following a 2-5 and five season and then going 4-8. and eight. 
if Michigan State can somehow go seven and five and win a bowl game to go eight and five, or even go six and six and win a bowl game to go seven and six, or really just finish seven and six or better, however you got to get there, it would prove that this team sort of bottomed out because of circumstance in 2020 and is ready to try and ascend back up the mountain. And so in order to do that, you have to look at the schedule. Youngstown State and Western Kentucky should be the two guaranteed wins. After that, the schedule is pretty tough, although two of the crossovers could be harder. They're Nebraska at home and Purdue on the road. Let's say you split those. That's three and one. Then you have Rutgers and Maryland the final two weeks. You need them both to get to five wins. Then you need to peel off one of the following wins, and it's a little difficult to find where that's going to come. At Northwestern, who just won the West. At Miami, who returns Derek King and just went 8-2. and two. You got Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State in back-to-back-to-back weeks. And the other game is a game against Indiana. So there's no doubt it's going to be hard. But if I had to predict right now, and I don't know why I would have to because the second signing day isn't done and Michigan State certainly isn't done in the transfer portal and all of that. But right now my guess is Michigan State goes something like 5-7. and seven. They lose a game they should win. They win a game you'd think they would lose. And then most of the other ones sort of go as expected. But nothing could be more important for long-term success than just getting back to winning. This one might seem silly. But I think it's equally as important as Michigan finding its quarterback or the Lions identifying people who can turn the franchise around. Everything is what I hope for next year. These are all my hopes for next year. But the fruits of this labor in every scenario won't be felt for a few years to come. This is what needs to happen now in order to benefit the future. Michigan State has to continue to win or start winning again, I should say, in order to start building that positive momentum that they've been lacking. And we're going to take a very short break and then speed this up a little bit for the back half because our teams need so much work we could do this for hours, but I want to do this in a timely fashion. And speaking of a timely fashion, do you know who's always timely? Cutting Edge Landscaping. Cutting Edge, a local family-run business based out of Ann Arbor for the last 25 years, is where I always tell my friends and family to go whenever they have landscaping or outdoor service requests. You want your yard dug up, regraded, and redone, you know where to go. You need a leaf pickup because you didn't do it for two months in the fall, no problem. You don't want to slip on the ice and hurt yourself uh, while shoveling, but you don't have the time and effort to clean up every winter day. These are the guys to call. Joe and his team with their 24-hour snow and ice removal. You've heard me talk about it for weeks, but I'm telling you it's the best. They're truly elite. They will save you time at a great rate and have your property looking right. So don't wait any longer. Go to a2cuttingedge.com and see what the Cutting Edge team can do for you. As always, mention you heard it here on the Michigan State of Sports. You're going to love the price you get. I promise. Cutting Edge Landscaping at a2cuttingedge.com. The next teams we're going to be fixing are the three local hoop squads. And all these teams are in the middle of their seasons, although Michigan State might want to take the uh, Coach K method and just uh, bail on the season after an 0-3 start in the Big Ten that um, has really made my blood boil. Uh, So I didn't know if I should fix them this year or next year, but what I'm doing and decided is my magic powers don't quite work quick enough to fix them on the fly, so we're going to do everything what needs to happen for, for the next year. So The Pistons, the goal, everything is the goal going into 2021. So with the Pistons, 
This is without the question the easiest of the bunch of all the teams for my number one wish. It's just lose. And then lose and lose and then lose some more. And then when you have a 20-point lead in the second half, I'm going to need you to blow that too. And of course, losing too much can have slight adverse effects on culture at times, but I need the Pistons to have the very best shot to land the top pick in the lottery, a situation where they can't fall out of the top three or five worst-case scenario. And of course, there's no guarantee they win the lottery with how the NBA breaks down its percentages. Even the team with the best chance has like a 14-15% chance. But any pick in the top three or even top five this year is gold. The Pistons have so many holes, they could go with almost literally anybody at the top five. Cade Cunningham, as of now, is somewhat, I would say, maybe the consensus number one pick. He's a new age, six foot eight guard who can shoot it, he can lock down on defense. Evan Mobley, the seven foot center from USC, who can score inside out, unbelievable size, athleticism, super fluid for his stature. Versatile on defense. Jalen Suggs, an elite, elite point guard at Gonzaga right now, who honestly I might take over Cunningham. Uh, He's a great leader, a great passer. Jalen Green, who's in the G League, we haven't got to see him yet, but he might be the best fit for the Pistons, who need a two-guard desperately, and this guy is a bucket. Or, I mean, his his G League soon-to-be teammate, Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, all five of these guys would likely have been the number one overall pick in 2020. And any could help propel the Pistons alongside a Killian Hayes and a Sekou Demboya. And plus, I mean, if the Pistons can get any assets for Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, there should be something to build around. So my wish for the Pistons is to lose one more game than the next team in the NBA. Be the worst team in the NBA by one game. Maybe go 18-54 and 54 or right around there and then cross our fingers in the lottery. That's what this is about. You need stars in the NBA. The Pistons don't have a single one. They have a couple young guys who look all right in the early going. A few vets who can sort of show them the ropes, might not be around long. But this season, I mean, Dwayne Casey in years past has said, hey, no, like we're, we're gunning for the playoffs. I think this team can make some noise. He didn't say that this year. He said, we're trying to develop our guys. So let's get a good, let's get a good pick. As far as the Michigan basketball team, my hope might be kind of lame. I hope you don't think it is. But it's really just, I hope this insane 2021 recruiting class can live up to its billing. I mean, Michigan is going to lose a lot of talent from this 2020 team. Uh, Isaiah Levers, probably Franz Wagner, Eli Brooks, Chandy Brown, Mike Smith, Austin Davis. I mean, they have to replace all all of that with a lot of young and in certain cases somewhat raw talent. Caleb Houston, in my opinion, is the biggest land of Juwan Howard's tenure thus far at Michigan. Six foot eight guard from Florida, high basketball IQ, and from what I've seen when watching what some people would call film, but is really just his highlight tape. I mean, he looks like an even keel guy. Like like he's not he's not too flashy. But he can do everything you want. He has great anticipation, a really nice frame. Um, I mean, a frame to build into. He's a little stronger than he appears. He could be Michigan's second best player next year behind Hunter Dickinson. I think that highly of him. And then not far from him geographically over at IMG, where Michigan might as well set up camp, <laughs> wink, wink, in both football and basketball, uh, Howard landed uh, Musa Diabate, the, the 6'10 forward. A little more raw, 
which is why his defense is ahead of his offense. That's how that goes. Uh, but he can protect protect the rim. Relentless motor, uh, from what I've seen. He does need to add the ability to to handle the ball and face up on offense. He he does not have all that much offensive game, other than just being a big imposing force. Uh, but and if he's going to be a star, it's probably going to come in his second year or after at Michigan. But either way, he should be someone who plays right away for Michigan and, and make a defense or make a difference on defense. And I'm I'm not just going to break down every prospect, but Kobe Bufkin from Grand Rapids Christian. Quick, 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 three-level scorer. Uh, Collins, uh, honestly somewhat similar in size and build. They're both lean guards, super quick, athletic, although he doesn't quite shoot it like Bufkin. Um, Isaiah Barnes from Simeon in Chicago, uh, so you know he's got toughness. Will, I think it's Cheddar, T-S-C-H-E-T-T-E-R. I haven't heard someone pronounce his name. I probably should. Uh, but I think he was the first commit of this class, a three-point assassin, more athletic than he gets credit for. But the, the point is this. There is an insane amount of talent coming in this class. And uh, I think Juwan Howard knows a little bit about high expectations for incoming freshman classes. Uh, but they are all just freshmen. Look at Kentucky this year, or Duke, or North Carolina sometimes, or Kansas. Frequently, it does not all just click. My wish for Michigan is that the n- number one, is number one, that the fans show a little patience. But number two, you need at least four or five of these guys to live up to their hype. This is the type of incoming talent that should win a Big Ten title within a couple years, or could, very likely could. I mean, Houston is likely one and done, I think, but everybody else could stay multiple years. So for 2021, my wish is for Michigan basketball, just everybody stay healthy, everybody buy into Juwan Howard's plan for you, whatever that may be, and then roll the ball out and play some hoops. I think there's a lot of talent going into Michigan. It's going to take some time. It might not all come together in 2021. But, I mean, if you're a Michigan fan, you got to love what you're seeing from this program. As for Michigan State, well, first of all, they need to get their shit together this year. Because, they, I mean, they just got hammered at Minnesota. I have never seen a Michigan State team look this bad. And... It's after they looked so dominant through three games and undefeated through six games. My mind is blown, and uh, I, I'm frankly just pissed off about it. But I'm looking forward because I can't think about that garbage bullshit that I just watched tonight. So, remember, Tony, holidays, ho, ho, ho. We're happy. We're jovial. We're having fun. So my biggest wish for 2021 Michigan State basketball, um, it surrounds people who are still in high school. And again, this is where I need everybody to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Uh, Jaden Akins, who was let go from Ipsy Prep, a.k.a. Amani Bates' team, after he and Bates had some bad blood about differing differing philosophies, which really meant Amani was pissed when Akins didn't throw him a lob in a game, but Akins felt like he was making the smart play, um, and there was a disagreement about that. I'm sure that was just the tip of the iceberg as far as what was really going on there, but in any event, my main wish is that the two of them can reconcile their differences because Aiken's already signed his letter of intent. So he's he's going to East Lansing. And if they don't figure this out, Amani won't come. And there's no guarantee he does come anyway. And furthermore, he's still in the class of 2022. So he would have to reclassify in order for any of this to be 
realistic. But before all of this happened, I was under the impression he was going to force forego his senior year of high school, graduate early, and go to East Lansing in 2021. That was the feeling I got. And when you have a chance to get Kevin Durant 2.0, or next generation, whatever you want to call it, and he says he wants to go to your school, attitude problems or ego questions or not, you got to do whatever it takes to get him there. Short of throwing the bag at him, because a lot of people are willing to pay players, because of everybody else does, but I still don't like that. So I want Izzo to keep doing things the right way. But short of cheating, you got to do whatever you got to do in order to get them to, to agree. So my wish for Michigan State basketball is get Amani Bates to still come to East Lansing. Michigan State is a Big Ten title and national championship contender every single year. And no matter what I'm thinking tonight after what I just watched, they will get it straightened out. And that starts with moving Rocket Watts off the ball. Take him off the ball. I digress. I mean, but you you need Bates in order to maximize what this team will be next year. You do. There's no other way around it. But like I said with Michigan, freshmen take some time, and it's far from a guarantee that it works out. But when you're trying to fit freshmen into a team that already have some good pieces, uh, that changes expectations. Not to mention when that freshman is Imani Bates. He's on a different level than every other incoming freshman in the country. So get Imani to East Lansing. That's the mission. Yes, you have Akins and Christie and Brooks. That's an awesome class. If you can get Bates and maybe even Enoch Boache to reclassify, then this becomes the top class in America, a title currently held by the team we just discussed, Michigan. So, do we feel good about everything so far? I hope so, because there's only two teams left, and I only got so much, so much magic that I can do in order to fix all these teams. And now we're going to move on to a team I have wanted to talk about so much more than we already have, but I haven't really had the opportunity to do so because it's frankly not timely in December. But as many of you know, I'm a diehard baseball guy and the Tigers are my passion. And my love for this organization knows no bounds. That said, they have been dreadful for about six years and it has been very painful. But slowly, and I mean very slowly, we are watching them start to climb back toward relevance. Now look, they're not going to compete for anything this year. The White Sox might be might be my pick to win the World Series. Uh, the Twins are still gunning for the playoffs. The Indians have an outside shot at October, um, although they're going to look very different when they trade Lindor. And whether it's in the next few months or the deadline, that's going to happen. I mean, even Kansas City made some nice offseason acquisitions like Carlos Santana. They still got Merrifield and Mondesi and those guys in a nice farm system. So it's not going to be easy as the Tigers try to move back towards relevancy. However, the Tigers have a rotation that is fun to watch every day. Mize, Scooble, Turnbull, Boyd, Fulmer. Uh, that's not including Urania, who they just signed. And we haven't ma- mentioned Matt Manning, who was a top 20 prospect in all of baseball. And I imagine will make his way into the rotation to start the season. But my main wish for 2021 is, well, Yes, to keep this rotation healthy, that's part of it. But I want every single top prospect to play. We have to see real time at the big league level with everybody. Maybe with the exception of Riley Green. He can wait until midsummer or the September roster expansion. 
but even he should get a look, no matter if he's 20 years old or not. And also, I just need to mention how the Tigers currently have four top 25 prospects in the league and five in the top 45, according to the to the MLB. I'm just so fucking ready for this. I can't even describe it. Um, but But everybody needs some run. Manning needs to be up. Torkelson needs to be up. Green needs to come up eventually. Isak Paredes needs to be up and stay up. Mize and Scooble will both, of course, be up. But they they need uh, to get some real innings under their belt. Harold, Harold Castro and Willie Castro, they're not prospects anymore, but they need consistent run. Daz Cameron needs to be up. Dylan Dingler and Jake Rogers should see some time catching because the Tigers have the worst catcher in the big leagues, bar none. And so it's time to see what we have everywhere. Like, honestly, I've talked myself into the fact that I don't know if we need any of those stopgap contracts anymore this year, like Crone and Scope from last season. I mean, okay, we could use one in the infield and probably one in the outfield. But honestly, I don't want anybody taking away innings from the young guys. The Christian Stewart experiment, that needs to be over. But I have a lineup that, that I want to see. I want Jamer at first. I want Willie Castro at second. Paredes is short, Torkelson at third, Goodrum in left, Jacoby in center, and Harold Castro in right. And honestly, Nico is probably going to have to be a super utility this year. He should play almost every position besides first and third because Jamer and Torque should be the two everyday guys no matter what. Paredes can get a blow every now and then and you move Nico to short. Same with Willie Castro and move him to second. Green needs to get some run in left. Uh, but he but he needs ABs in Erie and Toledo before he plays in the bigs. So just Nico's a gamer. He can go anywhere. So get all the young guys some run, and whoever's t- day it is for the off day, that's where Nico plays on defense that day. As far as the young pitchers, we mentioned Mize who will be up. We mentioned Scuba who will be up. I got to believe Manning is going to be up too. Um, Alex Fiedo won't play because of Tommy John surgery. Joey Wentz underwent Tommy John surgery back in March, which would have him out until at least May and probably more like July. So I doubt we see him at all. And if you do, it's maybe the September roster expansion. And then who knows what will happen with a guy like Franklin Perez. It it just seems he can't get healthy, which is a huge shame after he was the top prospect in this organization in 2018. But like I said, we get to see Mize in the full season. Although I imagine his inning limit will be around 170. Same with Tarek Skubal. Turnbull can go 200 plus. Uh, I would call him an established guy. No, no longer a young guy, but he's still learning how to pitch. He's been a thrower for a lot of years, and you are watching this guy turn into a legit weapon. Um, and, le- and like I've said, Manning, if he makes the team, and I expect and hope he will. Of course, I wish that they would sign a, a Real Muto or Bauer or even Springer or LeMayhew. But, I mean, I mean, the Tigers need to start at any position. But the truth is, they're just not ready yet. And put me on record. Put me on record. This is the last year I'm saying that. 2022, they should be going for a playoff run. And in 2023, if they haven't made the playoffs, I'm pissed. This is the last year of growth. I mean, they quote-unquote did it the right way. They didn't do it an efficient way, talking about the rebuild. They didn't get enough for almost any of their trades, Verlander, Martinez, Upton, Kinsler, Castellanos. 
I mean, they got Jamer Candelario for Avila and Wilson. And if he can be what he was last year, that was a good return. But they they waited way too long on many pieces. They didn't get enough for others. But you know what? They bottomed out hard. They got top picks. And now we have a ton of excitement to show for it. So once again, my main wish, let the prospects play. That's all I want this year. Let them learn how to win. Let them fall on their face a little bit. I should have mentioned Daz Cameron. I mean, that's how many prospects this organization has. I didn't even get to talk about how he he needs to get some run. There are so many players who we have to see what they can do at the big league level. And this is the year to do it. This is the year. The time is now. There is no more exciting time in a rebuild than than this year. When you when it is clear to see like this is when we're throwing our guys out there and we're really going to find out what we have. It's an exciting year for the Tigers. It's as exciting as it can be for a team that's not competing for the playoffs. So let them play. And as for the Red Wings, I mean, there isn't that much to say because this hockey season is going to be so abnormal and the Wings, unfortunately, aren't quite where the Tigers are in their rebuild and they remain irrelevant. Uh, I mean, they will have gone more than 10 months in between games this upcoming season since last March and and nothing about this year is, is normal. Uh, it's 56 games against seven teams, unlike the NBA, where you're playing 72 games, but against the whole league and Major League Baseball, who is trying to get in 162. I mean, the, these other leagues are going for it. So my goal for the Wings is similar to the Pistons, and that's just lose. Because outside of Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, and Tyler Bertuzzi, there isn't much in the way of meaningful talent on this team. I mean, you, you have Philip Zadina, uh, the sixth overall pick from 2018. There's a lot to like in his game, but, I mean, some people were saying he could make the team straight away in 2018. And then he spent almost all of 2019 in Grand Rapids. There's no AHL this year, or it doesn't seem like there's going to be. So he's going to get plenty of ice time, and that's exciting to see what he's going to do. But, I mean, I figured as far as losing, what they're going to need is the top defenseman possible. And so when I looked at some mock mock drafts, that's exactly what every website I found said as well. So my wish is get the first overall pick and draft the local product who currently plays in Ann Arbor. Owen Power, the 6'5", 215-pound defenseman, and... According to everybody who knows much more than me, uh, he has the size and the skating you want in a defenseman, but his offensive upside is a question mark. Still, he seems to be the consensus number one guy, and if that's what helps the Wings the most, that's what the goal needs to be for the next season. I mean, they were totally screwed out of their draft pick this season in 2020. Um, I know you can't fix these things, and by fix, I mean rig or, or cheat the system. But the, NA, the NHL owes the Red Wings one. They owe them one. And they're kind of where the Pistons are in terms of needing to just try and go full rebuild. And the issue is it's more than just a 10 to 12-man rotation that you need. I mean, you need four lines of five. So you got you got 20 guys to play instead of 10. So... You need all the talent you can get, and you need all the swings 
um, at the big guys that you can get. And I trust Steve Eiserman to get this right. He did a great job in Tampa Bay. He's back home where he wants to be. He's in no rush to leave. He's not looking for, for the next gig. I think he's he's here for the long haul. And so time will tell what he's able to do with this Red Wings team. But you got to let him start restocking the shelves. You can't – I mean, Chris Illich is already tight with the, with the checkbook, and he's not going to start signing major free agents until there's talent on this team. So you got to lose to get the guys. It's as simple as that. And I'm not going to say that much more about the Red Wings without bringing on an expert because, A, there's so much uncertainty in the NHL this year, it's hard to make any big proclamation. And, B, after having not played in 10 months, I don't know that much about this team. And the draft, with what I said, what happened after they got shafted, it's just it was it was hard to, to follow it all. So, so that's the list. For the Lions, it's Dodds, it's Salah, it's Wilson. For Michigan football, identify a quarterback. For Michigan State football, you need a winning season for momentum. For the Pistons, you got to lose, lose, lose. Hope you get a top pick. If not number one overall, you need a top three. Michigan basketball, let's let this awesome class live up to expectations. For Michigan State basketball, get Amani and Jaden to, to kiss and make up and have Amani Bates reclassify. For the Tigers, get all the young guys to play and let them see what you've got. And for the Red Wings, get the number one pick and expedite this rebuild. Is that too much to ask for? And I mean, in the meantime, can somebody fix this damn Michigan State basketball team? Because that felt like it fell in the unrealistic category to me, based on where things are right now. I think it's fixable, but like I said, my magic only works for next year. There's nothing I can do for the here and now. So I need someone else to take care of that for me. But that's going to do it. So thank you so much for tuning into this final episode of 2020. And I hope you are looking forward to 2021 as much as I am. Barring something strange or a major development, uh, the next time you will hear my voice, I will be accompanied by the one and only Jake Reitma. We will spend the first part of that pod introducing you to him. And as always, we're going to be talking about our local teams. Whatever's going on 10 days from now, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm super excited. I hope you are. There's... There's a lot of guests uh, in the pipeline. There's a lot of exciting things that are going to be coming. So I hope you're excited for it because I know I am. So stay safe. Have a great new year. I'll talk to you soon, Michigan. Michigan.